You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Reliably low prices, amazing selection, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On set you. I'm continuing our series here at Locked On Heat where I ask some questions about, well, free agency in general, this team and how it'll shape up and what happens next. This episode today is going to be a little different. I have to say that I have never quite been accused of this before over the course of my podcasting or writing career, but apparently... I may be a little too positive about Miami's offseason, and I'll be trying to provide a devil's advocate perspective here. Shout out to Kurt, longtime listener, who sent an email, which I always welcome. Uh, you know, if you have criticism about the show, constructive or otherwise, you can go ahead and send it to me via email, or you can always send me a direct message via Twitter because I do appreciate this kind of feedback. And as unusual as Kurt's comments were, I can understand that from that perspective, maybe I have been a little bit too upbeat about the moves Miami made. He actually said that I, I might be working for the, the Heat's PR team, which is a, an interesting compliment there, but I, I'm not sure I necessarily agree. I just happen to be very positive about what's going on with Miami. I, I don't feel like I've been overly so. I haven't been particularly joyous or anything like that. It's just, I mean, I, I like the moves they've made and I think it works, but Again, today's episode is going to be different. I, I think I do want to provide an alternate perspective about the moves, and that's a realistic one as well. Maybe the Kyle Lowry acquisition doesn't quite work out for Miami, and I think it's something that we have to consider as Heat fans. There is a part of fandom where you're kind of always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, I don't think Miami fans in general feel this way, but I do recognize that it happens on occasion. Maybe the last time they were really overwhelmingly positive was in uh, August of 2010 or July of 2010 when the big three formed, and of course from that point forward. But even then, you were still looking for you know, other people around the country to beat up on our guys, and I think everybody kind of rallied against that uh, sort of mentality. But uh, I guess you always kind of wonder what happens next, right? And maybe something bad happens, and, and Kyle is no exception. While I do believe that I think Kyle fits perfectly with this roster, that he provides a lot of talent, that he changes the dynamic as far as the defensive personality of this team and what he can do to unlock the potential of a score like Bam Adebayo or Jimmy Butler's games and things of that sort, maybe, maybe Miami was fooled by Chris Paul. Seeing him succeed in Oklahoma City the year before, seeing him succeed in Phoenix this year, that maybe you can still take an older veteran and insert him into Team A, and that'll instantly make them a better squad. And we saw Chris Paul kind of defy time a little bit, a year after he was mostly written off. And I remember talking about it on this show two years ago, when Miami was linked to the acquisition of Chris Paul from Houston there was a, a possibility that Miami might get into the works. And I said, look, I, I'm a believer in what Chris Paul can do because I know he was training locally here and was eager to show everybody that he could move on from what had happened in Houston, that he was not the player that we had seen working alongside James Harden and that this was, in fact, the point guard, the, the version of Chris Paul that so many people remember when they're thinking about one of the best point guards in NBA history. But that's an unrealistic comparison also, an unfair one to hold to Kyle. But I, I think that might be part of the thinking here is that 
despite the fact that Kyle is older and probably towards the tail end of his career, that maybe he could come in here and all of a sudden change things. When you look at it, this is going to come as quite a shock. Chris Paul is less than a year older than Kyle Lowry. And we've been kind of writing off Chris Paul for years now. Years, multiple years. And yes, this is the same player who winds up incurring injury during the later stages of a season. It's happened on more than one occasion. So I think that's part of the knock, too, on CP3, is that he's going to get hurt. He's going to break down at some point during the season. For whatever reason, something's going to happen. He's going to get an injury here. He's going to get something there, and it's going to cost him and his team. But if you're looking at just the pure age difference, he's 36 and a half, Kyle 35 and a half. Uh, actually, 36 and 100 days for Chris Paul. So much, well, I mean, not much of a difference in between those two players. Now, however, CP has played 8,000 more minutes during the regular season than uh, Kyle Lowry, and I think that's a, a substantial difference there. Uh, if you look back to Kyle's earlier career, he only had 30 starts in the first four years of his career while he was you know, bouncing around uh, other teams, I think Memphis and Houston, and then finally kind of settling into a role with the Rockets before being traded to Toronto and, of course, unlocking that team and helping form the stability of that franchise that we now associate, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of a concern then, right? Because if you're starting to look at players in the normal aging curve, Kyle's already on the wrong side. I don't think there's any denying that. And given his physical style of play, the way he draws fouls, the way he kind of throws himself to the floor, and maybe look, you know, a lot of people kind of joke about this. Kyle looks like he's a little, I'll use the word, heftier. I don't think he's overweight. I don't think he's fat by any stretch of the imagination. I think there are plenty of Twitter jokes about, you know, what he's got going on, a lot of junk in the trunk and things of this sort. But I just I, I don't think he's gonna get down to three percent body fat, even with Miami's notable training regimen and things of that sort. I think he'll probably not have to live up to the body fat check. We'll see how that plays out. If they have these kind of unrealistic expectations for thirty six year old, thirty five and a half year old point guards. I don't know. Maybe they have to change the way they do things to some degree. Or maybe it's just about holding everybody accountable. And look, that, that's the flip side, right? I, I This argument has gone on for a long time. No one knows the exact recipe for preserving a player. It could be pushing your way through it. It could be about making sure you get plenty of rest. Probably is a combination of both. A lot of hard work and a lot of rest. And sometimes those things are very difficult to balance out. And that's why you have younger players that incur injury, too. You know, Patrick Ewing, a long time ago, a long, long time ago, I remember everybody talking about Pat Riley, right? Pat Riley's two-hour rigorous practices that felt like two-a-days. I felt like training camp in the middle of the season. And a lot of players said, no, nah, I don't want to deal with that. It's going to cost me my knees and things of that sort. And then a guy like Pat Ewing says, no, if anything, Pat, you know, Pat Riley's practices extended my career. And I think that's the reality, too, is that a lot of players you know, kind of tend to feel some way about the, the practices. They don't want to go through with it. I mean, most people don't want to go through those rigorous, intense practices, certainly not during the regular season. But I, I think, you know, I think there's something to it. You put in the work and then you put in the rest and hopefully you'll find a way to balance those out and recover in time. But with Kyle, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe they don't hold him to that same kind of level of uh, expectation. Maybe maybe he he holds you know he he goes through these practices and uh, you know that kind of adds to the wear and tear of his body. And maybe we start to see a much more broken down version of Kyle Lowry over the next couple of years. And that's you know that's a huge concern then because if you're looking at a player that you just acquired here and gave up 
you know, a franchise favorite in Goran Dragic and a potential young player in, in Precious Achua, not a potential young player, a young player with potential in Precious Achua, then you're kind of you're screwing yourself a little bit because you're not sure what you're going to get with Kyle Lowry. It's a risk, and I understand the nature of the risk, but I can understand the concern of people like Kurt and others out there in Heat Nation that wonder whether or not Kyle is the right risk. I know a lot of people have been very negative about the acquisition of Kyle. While I've been on the positive side of things, I can understand the negativity. You're putting a lot of faith in a 35-year-old point guard who could potentially start to break down more and more. What happened last year maybe was more of a balance of them kind of tanking the season and putting Kyle on the sidelines there so he wouldn't have to you know, improve Toronto's chances of winning so that they could get a better draft pick. He might have just been hurt. He might just continue to be hurt. He's had nagging injuries throughout the course of his career. Remember that, that one game he bounced back against Miami where he had suffered a, a thumb sprain. It kept him out for a long stretch there, and he wound up struggling mightily, I know, against the incredible defense of Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Justice Winslow. That feels like a long time ago. They shut down Kyle Lowry. They really impacted his ability to shoot, even when he was bouncing back from injury. That feels like a, a, an eternity ago. It was actually just three seasons. In any case, you're looking at Kyle Lowry as your savior, as the person who's going to tie it all together, and maybe having Chris Paul as a role model was somewhere in the background there when Miami was pulling off this move. But that's really unfair and unrealistic, and maybe it just doesn't work out. Maybe it falls really, it falls apart much more quickly than you could realize. I mean, how soon before Miami fans start to get frustrated with Kyle? What if he starts off the season on the injured list, right? Because he's got a, a sore ankle or a sore hand or a wrist sprain, the kind of nagging small little injuries that take a player out from the lineup. You know, things that you have to respect. It's like you can't shoot your way through it. You could potentially, but you could make things worse, and then you're going to miss a substantially more amount of time. If you start to see Kyle miss a couple games in October, a couple games in November, maybe a five-game stretch where he sits out in January, then as the All-Star break, he's kind of limping into it a little bit. Do you start to have concerns about his health? What if he breaks down before the playoffs? And now all of a sudden, Miami's depth isn't quite – as good as it once appeared. And look, there have been legitimate concerns about them. And I'll, I'll certainly talk about those in the next segment because I think if you're pinning all your hopes on Kyle and all of a sudden he risks a severe injury, what happens then? There's not a lot of options for Miami. So I'll talk about that in the next segment. But first, a reminder about a product that we've been talking about here at Lockton called Sweat Block. It comes in a deodorant form. It comes in wipes. Keeps you from sweating for up to seven days. I know somebody who has a, a profuse sweating problem started using this product and it's turned his life around. If you've got somebody in your life or you yourself might sweat a little bit too much and you want to do something about it, then Sweat Block is the product for you. It's got a, a dry shirt guarantee. If they don't keep you dry, Sweat Block will give you your money back. They've been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show. There was this episode where they had firefighters who, of course, go through a lot of ar arduous work there, and they they do sweat on occasion, and Sweat Block helped them seriously control that problem. Uh, it's uh, been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews. They're manufactured here in the USA. And again, it's a product that doctors created and doctors recommend. So it's your little secret to confidence. If you want to do something about your sweat problem, if you know somebody else who wants to correct it, then Sweatblock is the product for you. So right now, if you go to sweatblock.com and uh, use the promo code LOCKEDON, 
you can get it for 20% off. That's 20% off, but only at sweatblock.com and using the promo code LOCKTON. You can also find Sweatblock at Amazon or at CVS. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now only at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. You make a bet on the on Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON. So trying something a little different today on Lockdown Heat, kind of playing devil's advocate giving a different perspective about the Kyle Lowry deal. Because some of you have concerns that maybe this is not the kind of team a lot of people, myself included, believe it might be. I've been a little positive about it since the free agent acquisition, even starting you know, on the offseason with the rumors that Kyle was on his way to Miami. wasn't sure what Miami would have to sacrifice, but they did make some you know, sacrifices. They did have to give up a promising young player in Precious Achua, not to mention a proven veteran in Goran Dragic. Now, all of a sudden, as I mentioned in the first segment, Kyle Lowry's health becomes a much bigger concern given his age, the amount of minutes, the style of play. Maybe he can't handle Miami's rigorous training. Maybe he starts to start breaking down. And all of a sudden, you're looking at paying a player near $30 million a year, and he's not going to be as productive as you hope. And you're tied into this. That's just the reality. You make this acquisition. This is your group here. This isn't 2010. When you already have a franchise star in Kyle, uh, I'm sorry, in Dwayne Wade, and then you acquire Chris Bosh still at the peak of his powers, and you take a chance on LeBron James. Those are proven commodities, still very much in their peak. This has already got one player in Bama to buy who's young, the future of your franchise, and another player already on the roster making a hell of a lot of money in Jimmy Butler for the next few years. I don't even want to talk about that and the negative aspects of that deal because I know a lot of people are already concerned about paying 36-year-old Jimmy Butler $40 million a year. That's a hell of a lot of money. And I understand a lot of people are concerned about that. I know I've used the rationale, it's not your money, don't worry about it. But, you know, there goes your team's chances of finding success four years down the road because your cap flexibility is shot. There's no way around it. No one's going to take 36-year-old Jimmy Butler off the books. And I know I know, people are already rolling their eyes and saying, well, Russell Westbrook got traded. John Wall got traded. John Wall and Russell Westbrook are very different players. John Wall is a lot younger than Jimmy Butler, and while he's had a lot of injury over the last few years, I think his contract is almost up, and so I don't think it's quite as problematic. Maybe a couple of years ago it felt like, again, you could take a chance on, on John. Look, he just got traded last year. It's not like it's been 10 years and they've moved John Wall's contract. He was in Washington, and they wanted to keep him in Washington. He was their guy. He was their franchise-defining superstar. He just never played out that way because of injury, because of other things, because of John's own game. But that's not to say that they didn't want to keep him there. They did. They paid him a lot of money with the hope that they would keep him there. 
if things go really sour with Jimmy, who knows what happens next? I mean, I can't. Let's see. How does it play out with Jimmy if it does go sour, right? Not only does he start to struggle, he doesn't hold up his end of the bargain. He's getting paid $40 million. He's just like, well, I got my money. You're going to have to pay me whether I play or not, whether I play well or not. And then what's Miami going to do? They can't figure a way out of trading him. They, they just It's not going to happen. No one's going to take a guy with his minutes, with the way his game may age poorly, getting paid that much money. There's still potential there. Like, And John Wall's contract only got moved for an equally bad contract in Russell Westbrook that's going to get paid a lot of money. Then he gets moved again for a number of contracts to Los Angeles. But Los Angeles is different. Why? Because you've got LeBron James and Anthony Davis there, and that's the core of a team that will continue to compete for championships for at least another three years. LeBron's aging is atypical. He defies the aging curve to a huge degree. No one knows exactly how he does it, but he's he's been able to fight it for a long time. And look, we started to see injury catch up to him a little bit. He missed a significant amount of time for the one of the first times in his career. He's no longer quite the Terminator, the robot that he once was, where he can continue to fight through age and injury. As much money and as much diligence as he shows in trying to fight off the effects of aging, they're going to catch up to him at some point. So maybe he's got another three-year window where he can continue to compete. And look, he's partnered with another top five, seven player in Anthony Davis. And every kind of everybody kind of forgets about this because, well, one, he had a not necessarily lackluster career, but one that didn't really accomplish much, much from a team perspective in New Orleans. Only two trips to the playoffs and not much success that way. So everybody kind of overlooks the fact that He's a really, really good player, and he's a big part of why Los Angeles is an interesting destination for older veterans or guys that are willing to take cheaper deals. You know, they lost Alex Caruso. They lost Kyle Kuzma. You know, maybe they traded away guys like Montrez Harrell and others because they just didn't want to pay him that sort of money. That's fine. But they can still get other guys to come. Kendrick Nunn for $5 million. That's another topic for another time because there have been some recent comments over the weekend that I think a lot of Heat Nation are upset or concerned about, and I'll address those in an upcoming episode. But right now, we're just looking at the potential disaster looming in the distance here with Miami. And I hate being that kind of doom and gloom sort of guy. It's just never been my MO as a human being or as a reporter. So I'm not one to really lean into it that often, but I can see the writing on the wall here. I mean, it can get really bad here. You're, you're looking at paying Bam Adebayo, who maybe doesn't take that leap developmentally that everybody expects him to. Well, I think he's a top 25 player already. Maybe his shooting regresses or never really takes off. Maybe he just winds, winds up being a guy with really no offensive repertoire to speak of. And as, you know, an injury away from perhaps some athleticism declining and who knows what you have there. We have a, a fantastic passer at 6'9"-ish who is somewhat undersized as a center and, and then can't quite finish at the rim because he doesn't have the explosiveness anymore. Uh, and then you've got a 30-something-year-old Jimmy Butler whose health is going to continue to decline, who can't you know, shoot from the perimeter. And then all of a sudden you're paying Kyle Lowry almost $30 million a year. And who knows what happens there? And, and maybe maybe things really, really start to fall apart with his health. And and then if that's the case, you know, you're, you're looking at a capped-out team with zero flexibility. You recall the the year 2017, and as many of you, I'm sure of you do, where everybody really blasted Pat Riley, and you, you just hated those deals to James Johnson and Kelly Olynyk and this guy and the other guy, Dion Waiters, Hassan Whiteside, and, and Hassan was a little different because that came the year before, and that was for a max deal of almost 100 million dollars. That was a little different, but the other deals to James Johnson, to Dion, and and Pat's point were, 
these players, we believe in them, that they'll pan out. If not, they're tradable contracts. That is somewhat debatable. I think they lived up to their contracts for the most part. And yeah, to Pat's point, he was right. It's a lot easier to trade Kelly Olynyk making $12 million than Jimmy Butler at 35 making $40 million. And Kyle Lowry at 37 making almost $30 million. That contract's not getting traded either. So you've got two guys on this roster with bad contracts towards the tail end of their careers making a shit ton of money, and you're not going to find many takers for them. And then all of a sudden you're looking at a team that's capped out, that doesn't attract players the way that they once did, that cannot have the, the two superstars on the roster to add a third superstar. And you start to look at, well, maybe it's time to rebuild in other ways. You can't lure free agents the way you once did. What happens with the drafts? Well, shit, you traded away most of your draft picks. You don't have a lot of options. We haven't even seen the repercussions of this summer's tampering charges and whether or not that costs them a couple picks down the road. A lot of, I know, Bucks fans, and maybe that's you know somewhat uh, unrealistic or maybe they're exaggerating things because, well, they hate Miami and because they got screwed over last year because of the inefficiency of their own front office. But you look at Miami and giving up a, a first-round pick potentially, and now, now the cupboard's even more bare than you had once expected. And not only that, but you traded away. Precious Achua. You traded away a decent asset in Goran Dragic, who maybe if you had picked up his option, maybe you could have traded him in February, you know, where he was his, his $19 million salary was prorated. Maybe it would have been much more easier for a competitor like Dallas or somebody else to acquire that. Maybe you could have gotten a first-round pick out of Dallas if you had just kept him. You know, assuming things go bad with Kyle in, in two years, would it have been better to just hang on to Goron for the next five, six months and then trade him at the trade deadline and see what happens then? Maybe you can get something out of Dallas where they, you know, they feel a lot better about paying the rest of, of, of Goron's $19 million salary. Maybe they'll trade, I don't know, a young player here, a Jalen Brunson maybe, or somebody along those lines. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what they would be willing to trade for Goran Dragic. I'm not sure what kind of package Miami would have been willing to get there, but I know right now those aren't options. And because you've you've kind of married Kyle Lowry, that's your only choice. That is your future here. Your future is this big three of Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. And we have no idea what Bam turns into two years down the road. Jimmy's health could completely fall apart. Kyle's health could completely fall apart. And if that's the case, you don't have a lot of options for what happens next. And, and it puts you in a really tough spot. So let's not even look into next the next three years or two years down the road. What happens next season if things fall apart a lot more quickly than when you assume might happen? And I'll talk about that in the next segment. But first, just a reminder that this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. It's so hard to find the parts you're looking for at a uh, auto parts store. I mean, look, with everything that's going on and with our economy and with the, just delivering things, I know there are parts on back order and have been on back order for a long time. People are finding it hard to get the things they need and more so at a chain store that may not even carry the parts that you're looking for in the first place. You never have to worry about that with rockauto.com. They've been serving customers online for 20 years. That's two decades of service from a family-owned business. You navigate their site so easily. You find the parts you're looking for with just a few easy clicks. You get everything delivered directly and safely to your door. No fuss, no muss, no wait. And you save money too because the same prices are available to your do-it-yourselfers or if you're a mechanic or if you're looking for the parts that you might be looking for. Again, you'll find them on rockauto.com on convenient, easy prices. And it's just a 
great time way to save time and money when you use rock auto you know you can find the parts you're looking for and with just a few easy clicks you explore their website and you get everything you need for your car or truck so go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and then you write the phrase locked on when you get to a section that says how'd you hear about us so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car or truck will ever need that's rockauto.com Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with a Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. I feel so uncomfortable doing this because, again, I'm not a typical doom and gloom guy. But I feel like I've painted a pretty bleak picture of what happens to Miami in a couple of years. Capped out, players don't develop, and all of a sudden you're kind of tied to a guy like Kyle Lowry who's making a lot of money and could be facing injury in two years or three years. What happens if next year starts to go really south? If all of a sudden 35-year-old Kyle Lowry just doesn't take that leap a lot of people expect him to. Maybe last year was the signs of things to come. And given his style of play, and maybe he does not live up to the billing, and maybe he starts to succumb to Miami's rigorous training and he starts to incur a little injury here or a little injury there. I know a lot of concerns have been voiced over the last few weeks about Miami's depth. You're putting a lot of pressure on a guy like Kyle, uh, I'm sorry, Tyler Hero, who at age 21 didn't necessarily take the leap a lot of people expect him to last season, and now he's going to be your savior off the bench? He's going to be your big scorer? What if he incurs an injury? You know, Injuries can really change the course of the game. Maybe you could just write it off as, well, you know, Something's happened. Sometimes you get hurt and that you know shits away your season. But you've got a three-year window here. You're trying to bring in a title within three years with Kyle Lowry on the roster. Or else why make that acquisition, right? I know I've said before that titles don't necessarily matter to me, but they sure as hell matter to the Miami Heat front office and the franchise and most of you. You want a title. You want a championship. You want that parade down Biscayne Boulevard. But what happens if you don't get in three years? What's the next step for Miami, right? What happens beyond that? But let's look at next season. Even even you know, bigger picture, that's something to talk about at another time perhaps, but you know, even in the short term, next year, 33% of your window shuts down right away if Kyle Lowry gets a major injury. Is this team good enough to move forward without Kyle? Who's your next best option at guard? Is Gabe Vincent going to step up? You're putting a lot of hope on Kyle providing something on both the defensive and offensive end, making plays for others, shutting down opposing point guards, now you got to rely on Tyler Hero yet again, a guy who does not play good defense, who might not take a step up as a playmaker. Gabe Vincent's not that guy. Who can you bring in as, as the 14th or 15th spot on the roster? Is, is you know Garrett going to come in here and all of a sudden change things considerably? Is he going to be the Pat Beverly guy that you, you, you spend a lot of money on and hopefully develop and things of that sort? I don't see it. I don't, I don't think that kind of guy is going to get that kind of playing time. And again, you don't ever want to pin your hopes on a two-way prospect. I mean, that's just not the kind of franchise this is. And yeah, maybe we've seen in the past where guys have stepped up like that. Even Duncan Robinson, you know, obviously it was a little different for Duncan. I think he he got an opportunity that he might not have expected after year two. And, you know, that first year of his, we weren't quite sure what that, you know, what that player was going to develop like. But he already had an elite skill 
And it was an offensive one that you can't deny. He was one of the best shooters on the planet right off the jump. I don't think you have that on the roster, right? You have a, a decent playmaker in Tyler Hero, a decent shooter, a decent, you know, a player. I think a, a player with potential, but you're counting on potential, right? If you've heard me at any point over the last few years talking shit about the NBA draft and, you know, hoping that mystery box A plant pays out the way you expect it to, that's a lot to hope on. And it never really, well, it rarely comes to fruition. And now Miami as a franchise pinning a lot of hopes on an almost 36-year-old point guard to take things to the next level. And if he falls apart, if he just doesn't mesh the way a lot of people, myself included, expect him to, what happens then? I, those are legitimate concerns. Now all of a sudden you've got this depth that maybe you had more of last year because you had guys like Kendrick Nunn, because you had Precious and Goron. You know, you gave up a lot. Who's left on the roster? You you lost a number of players there, and and Mar is Marcus Morris going to be the Markeith? Excuse me, is Markeith Morris going to be the savior of the franchise? Is PJ Tucker going to be able to put in the work over the course of the long season? Is he going to be your option, given that he had a long finals run and that he he's on the wrong side of his career too? You know, just as much as I might be banking too much on the potential and you know the personality of this team the grit and determination and everything else you see from this team things can go bad really really quickly and now all of a sudden there's nobody on that roster that you see and say well there's hope right now look i see a lot of i'd say a lot of hope trading regarding max Struess, right because we saw him show out in las vegas and sacramento and the summer league and all of a sudden there's there's belief that the front office really has faith in Struess's ability to take it to another level we've seen the the audio of him talking about them being undrafted players and that's you know that put that in my veins right this is Struz, a version of him that we did not really see last year and all of a sudden everybody's kind of saying okay maybe he's the guy <laughs> he's max Struz. how many of you knew who max Struz were a year ago a year to this day nobody knew who max Struz. first of all we were immersed in the orlando bubble and everything that that represented so i don't know that a lot of people were focused on max Struz, but i'll be willing to bet 99 percent of the people listening to this show had no idea who max Struz was i'd heard the name and I had no idea who he was. I can't tell you for certain that Max Struess was going to be the, the savior of the Miami Heat franchise. And yet, that's the hope, right? You're counting on this roster and somebody to pick up, even with Kyle Lowry on the roster. And if something happens to Kyle, and if he gets hurt, and if he doesn't mesh the way this roster and this faith you know, that the Heat front office has put on him and with these expectations, who's there? Who's left to save Miami's season? With 33% of your window closed. And then again, if he's hurt to any kind of significant amount, or if he just never meshes, are you going to be able to trade away 36-and-a-half-year-old Kyle Lowry next offseason? I don't think so. I don't know who's going to be willing to take him his salary seriously. You know, New Orleans, are they still going to be in the running for it? Probably not. Is Dallas still going to be in the running to acquire Kyle Lowry? Definitely not. I just don't see any hope for Miami. You're, you're putting a lot of faith and things breaking right, and maybe they don't. Whew. This is feel, this feels a little dirty. I got to take like a, a hot shower, scrub myself clean here because I just, I don't like doing this because I just, again, I don't feel, I don't actually believe this. And I also don't like being the guy to say, this is all going to fall apart. This could all fall apart quickly. And yet, I, I cannot, I cannot deny that this is a possibility. There's a, a fun interesting segue here uh, about next shows that i'll be recording looking at what if i don't know if you've seen 
the new TV show over on Disney Plus from the latest, the latest over from the the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I I love that show. It's just started. It's only got two episodes yet uh, that I believe uh, you should all be checking out. If you like any of the Marvel Universe movies, you know that I'm a big geek about these sorts of things, and I love that. Uh, at the same time, it's also based on a comic book that came out years ago that always asks the question, what if, right? And I'll be recording a couple what if episodes later this week, which I think are interesting questions because every franchise certainly has some big what ifs to them. What if they had drafted the wrong player or right player in some cases? I mean, just look at Dwayne Wade, right? What if they had taken Chris Kamen the way Pat Riley wanted them to back in 2003? Ooh, that's a scary thought. And yet that's a very realistic one. Now... The big what if for this season is what if Kyle Lowry breaks down? What if he doesn't work out in Miami? That's a lot to concern yourself with because you're pinning $30 million and a lot of faith and belief in a point guard whose health is already starting to slip a little bit and who may not turn into the player you expect him to and you've given up a lot of depth to make him the centerpiece of your team or one of the three centerpieces of your team. You know, if you're going to form a big three, you better hope that shit works out. You know, it's not a sure thing like it was in 2010. And we saw even last year with Brooklyn. And I don't think any Brooklyn fan or even NBA fan would say they would do anything other than acquire James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. And yet sometimes it just doesn't work. Everybody believes, myself included, that Brooklyn's probably going to compete for the title this year. But they're another injury away from having 33% of their big three on the sidelines. And that's a lot to miss out on because you've got MVP-level players in Harden and Durant, and all of a sudden they don't become available. Like, I mean, Jimmy's not even up to that level, right? I, I think everybody would place Harden and Durant above Jimmy Butler in terms of what they provide as an NBA player. When you look at your top 10 rankings, I think Harden and Durant are probably well above Jimmy Butler in those rankings. Kyrie's probably not too far behind Jimmy either. I mean, that, that's a talented team here, and yet... There's no guarantees. Never are. That's why it makes this uh, upcoming season such an interesting one to watch if you're an NBA and Miami Heat fan. And I'm glad that you've decided to tune into this show to get all your information about the Miami Heat. And I'll be giving you all that you're looking for from this offseason as well, asking all the questions. You can always reach out to me with feedback, questions. If you want to go down one particular episode, Hell, if you want to co-host the episode for once, well, you know, I, we should open that up a little bit. It's something that I've been thinking about trying. I might as well just voice it right now. If I, I'm looking for an episode where we can get somebody, if you've got a working mic and you feel comfortable talking for 30 to 35 minutes about the Miami Heat and you've got a good topic that you think you can discuss for that long, let's let's give it a shot. The DMs are open. You can always reach out to me via LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or using the hashtag AskLOHeat. A special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting today's show. And thanks to all of you, most of all. This is David Romil signing off for now.